Good morning. Thank you for joining this morning, for being aware of awareness. Here are three bells. One just a moment. One at halfway through, and then one an hour from now. I begin by reading a little bit from Helen Hamilton, Resting in the Stillness, Chapter 7, from her book, Dissolving the Ego, chapter we're on this week. She writes, when we pay attention to what we are, we can notice that our essential nature is stillness itself. At first, this seems to be covered up by the movement that arises out of the stillness. Plenty of examples of that. She says all of these movements can seem to be like waves on the surface of the ocean of our being. The coming and going of thoughts and feelings is only noticeable to us in contrast. We are watching from a place that's totally still and silent. The stillness is not simply the absence of movement, but it is in fact the noumenon that has never moved. says the stillness watches all movement. It appears within it, but is itself unmoving. For it to move there would have to be some other place where it is not, so that it could move there.
African may notice what comes and goes, what arises and falls. Sounds and feelings and thoughts, perceptions, stories, memories. And can we use the contrast? To notice where they are seen from and whether that place, that scene moves. We are just watching awareness land on the stillness. Rest in the silence. This is why it's helpful to kind of presence ourselves to the knowing that we're not trying to get anywhere, not trying to gain anything, not trying to lose anything. Matter of fact, every single thing is welcomed. Because no matter what the configuration of circumstances or factors or arisings or energies are, in the end, there's only two categories that which comes and goes. And that which is always here, steady, open, available, luminous, alive, sentient. So even if resistance comes, it can come. Sooner or later, you'll be seen as either being there or having left. But resistance by its very nature comes and goes, arises and falls, expands and contracts.
all of that is noticed by what? What sees that? So the presence that we are, sinks right into its own beingness, right into the silence, into the stillness. And something about when life recognizes life, rests there. You can feel in subtle and perhaps even gross ways how the body kind of gives up some holding. body itself is kind of less contracted, more relaxed. It's just a, a gentle ease that comes when Attention is no longer on that which comes and goes, that which has to be tracked. We stop playing the matching game for a while. 
mind compares everything arises to something it's already seen. Besides whether it's a threat, looks for cues of safety, cues of danger. When this, that loop is kind of allowed to rest, Awareness can find that place of ease where it's simply aware that awareness is present. Just this gentle knowing, stillness and silence are home base. mind of course can still be functioning as it does and what I often hear and one Mississippi two Mississippi three Mississippi is okay good got it next what's next there's no next just allowing this truth to be self-evident Maybe we can listen for whether there's any claiming of the scene. Whether there's a voice that says we're finally getting somewhere or we don't get it at all, or a voice that says, well, you're you're still intermittently distracted. And so that that can't be it. So we notice whether. Just kind of a subtle ego formation strategy that pops you on a hero's journey to get to an it. And then it can fill in the narrative. Of course, mind lives in narrative, right? creates two points and then tells the story of the journey, whether wildly successful or utter tragedy. Is mind generating the story of you sitting in meditation? Something sees that story. Something hears it, something cognizes it. So now that something, to have that something look for the you, the separate you, independent entity.
So sounds are here. Presence is here. Stillness is here. Where's the you? And this is where it's useful to confirm that silence is here. That stillness is here. Because when those are confirmed, We can now contrast that to whether we can whether we can confirm this separate self, this I, this me that's trying my best, the subject of the story. So it's it's not about knowing intellectually, mentally that there is no separate self, that there's only beingness. That's a help pointer. It points very directly to our practice. But it's the inner directing of awareness to the search for that separate sense of I. It's the looking. And watching what is found. That's what allows the illusion to slowly but surely be unmasked in our own direct experience. Each time we look, the separate eye and do not find it. We are building a new neural pathway. Of doubt. Whether that's true. Of true perception seeing what is true, what is always here. And concomitantly, we are drying up the neural pathway that says I'm the separate me that never gets it right, that needs to defend myself. Separate me that has intensely painful experiences, which then mean something about me. That is that I'm flawed and therefore I need to fight back, I need to defend all, all the different iterations of the suffering that comes from the elusive, never seen separate self. separate self just isn't here, is it? Just habitual mind patterning. And it's equally instructive to notice what is here. It's not that nothing's here. You know, we're not in some barren wasteland of a desert with dead tumbleweeds. 
when we look for that separate sense of self. While we don't find that, we do find this spacious, vital, alive, light. This illuminated spaciousness. And when we turn and look right at it, no, we don't find the enlightened self. We find the light of the self. We find this ever burning, eternal flame beingness. We cannot be less than what God made us. We are looking right at what God made.
So we'll read a little more from Helen Hamilton, chapter seven, dissolving the ego, resting in the stillness. Something within you is just being. Not being anything in particular and not seeking anything. It is not trying to control, to accept, to transcend, or to let go of anything. It is not trying to become anything other than it is already. We can get a taste of this stillness when we see that we are called human beings. The human part is something we're very aware of and know well. It is time to get in touch with the being that simply is. We can easily miss this stillness because it is not shouting for attention or trying to achieve anything. We must become more interested in what is unchanging within us. All things come and go, but what we truly are is unchanging and totally still. When we begin to tune into the stillness that we are, it can feel as if a soft, relaxing field of energy is descending upon us. But it is really that we are beginning to notice the stillness that has always been here, but has been overlooked up till now. So she writes in the progression of the practice, when we first begin to practice, it can seem like there's a sense of, well, I am resting in the stillness. We can begin to sense relaxation or heaviness in the body. It will seem as if you are tuning in or you are taking a bath in stillness. And you can seem to come in and out of it. And in reality, what has happened is that for some time each day, we sit and notice the stillness so we can feel it in our body. Then as we end the session and return to our activities, attention goes back out. It can seem like the stillness has gone when in fact, we are simply focused on the movement instead. Stillness is still by its very nature and cannot come and go. It is simply our wandering attention that moves from stillness to thought. She writes, as, as we progress in our practice, it will be understood at some point that this sense of me that seems to be resting in the stillness is actually only knowable because we are seeing it from the place of total stillness. 
we are looking at is really where we are looking from also. The sense of self we seem to be a movement simply arising from the stillness itself. Stillness be seen to be no longer appearing to move at all, but simply changing appearance. So again, she's inviting us to investigate this sense of me, a me over here, looking at the stillness, seemingly at some place away from the me, because mind says they're separate. And in our direct experience, we investigate that. Are there two? right here and right now. Can we find two?
So there's a, there's a section when Helen summarizes the practice. She says, we begin by setting aside some time each day to sit down and notice the stillness. Makes the point that it's much more important to do this every day than it is to do it one hour, I mean, excuse me, four hours one day and then not do it for many days. She says at some point, it will be seen that the stillness is ever present. It simply seems to be covered up by focusing on something else, right? By our attention going out, that habitual outward focus. The sense of stillness being stronger or weaker will fade as it is seen to be only our attention on it that fades. Only our attention on it that is stronger or weaker, hence giving it the giving the stillness, the, the illusion of coming and going. She says, gradually we come to see we are indeed the stillness itself in which our sense of self seems to be moving and having a life of its own. In the end, it is seen that no matter what the me is doing, we are and have always been stillness. And as such, are indestructible, not subject to anything such as death and birth. And all fear disappears. And this is why it's not necessary to change anything during this time sitting together. Let it all come, let it all rise up, let it all be seen. Because it is by that contrast, by the movement, by the coming and going, you can't help but see what comes and goes. when you're still. So gradually we come to see that we are indeed the stillness itself. That even when the body is not still, we're moving in life. That life is arising and falling within our stillness, within the silence, within the awareness. That allows us to see that familiar sense of self. See, it's, it's our sense of self. It arises to us. So only we can see it and see through it. Only we can undo our own sense of self since we are the ones in here either believing it or calling it out as false. You know, that's what Paul Hederman points to again and again and again that you are what you're looking for, that the seeker is the sought. The head doesn't like to remain and I don't know. But this sense of me, sense of self, that's what arises and falls. something sees it, that something doesn't arise and fall, that something, the aliveness, the stillness, the awareness, the silence, the core of the beingness, 
catches at all. So we said last night that the, the character, right, in the narrative, the sense of self, cannot get out of the narrative. <laughs> The whole story must be seen from the place in which we are watching from. And as Helen says, what we are looking at is really where we are looking from. The sense of self will be seen to be a movement simply arising from the stillness itself. Stillness will be seen to be no longer appearing to move at all, but simply changing appearance. So at the end of every chapter, Helen writes in a kind of an essential pointing and bold. So in this chapter, chapter seven, resting in the stillness, she writes, stillness is not the absence of movement of thought. It is that in which thought arises. It is that which has never moved because it is in all places at all times.
So again, the stillness is not the absence of movement of thought. It is that in which thought arises. It is that which has never moved because it is in all places at all times. Stillness is not the absence of movement of thought. It is that in which thought arises. It is that which has never moved because it is in all places at all times. Now that's a non-duality. <laughs> Not two. Not many. One. <laughs> 